0: Hey, what's up, Browns fans? Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. This is your Tuesday, September 20th episode. And what we get here is a comprehensive overview and all 22 rewatch thoughts on the game. So uh, what I do is I consume the game. I take notes on, uh, you know, certain aspects of coverage and movement and personnel and then try to feed them back to you so you understand at a deeper level what has gone on uh, on the field. Okay, so if you missed yesterday's pod, I did... A deep dive essentially on uh, everything surrounding the game on first watch you know talking about the raw emotion of it then talking about how the offense played uh, from from an outside view again not looking down the pipe of the all 22 have more on that today um, but then obviously talking about the the weird specific scenarios that are worth having a discussion around the punt the Everything that broke at the end, so it's all there. If you want it, talk through it. It's uh, it's about thirty minutes or so. It's I think it's worth your time if you're into trying to work through the the emotion of a of a wild uh, a wild game. But this is again a pod now where we turn the page and look at it from a wider perspective about what happened uh, in the. In, well, I guess it's not wide. I should say it's more of a narrow perspective about what the the specifics of what happened. So we always start with the defense. Okay, so. In this game, um, we saw uh, 67 snaps from the Jets. The Browns were out in base personnel 12 times, so base personnel is a reminder. Uh, It's very simply three linebackers. It's your 4-3 look, three linebackers on the field, four DBs. For 12 snaps, 45 snaps of nickel, which is an added DB, take a linebacker off, put a DB on, and then uh, dime. There were nine snaps of that as well. So your slot coverage, guys, in this game, there's kind of some various moving parts whether depending on what coverage, but you got 36 from Greg Newsom He got 22 regular corner snaps, uh, so they did some moving things with him. But he got 36 in the slot, 13 from Ronnie Harrison in dime looks and a couple big nickel situations, five from Delpit rolling down, five from John Johnson also rolling down when they went with some man-free stuff. Taki Taki bumped out four times. Jok three. Jacob Phillips three. and some of the wider uh, spread formations that, that the Jets would put on the field. So uh, they the total of nine uh, dime snaps uh, on the game too, which is a heavy third down usage for the run. Pretty much anytime it's third down. No, I can't say anytime. Anytime it's third medium, they're going to put dime out there. They're usually this year taking a guy off the front and putting him in as a secondary player and being a three down team in dime so three down two backers 6 DBs so that's their their uh, prominent look this year so uh, it's worth kind of broaching the data of of everything around the game too, from a blitz perspective so the browns played 67 snaps i have them as three blitzes of 12 snaps in base five blitzes of 47 or sorry 45 snaps of nickel and then only two blitzes a nine of those dime snaps i was talking about so they were not Crazy aggressive. And listen, they only have through two games, the collected data from True Media, they have 23rd, they're the 23rd ranked team in blitz percentage. So they've only blitzed 14 total times this season. And again, 10 of those came in this game. So there was an uptick there, but nonetheless, not as often as you would expect. But pretty much they're matching personnel. Anytime the Jets came out in 11 personnel, they went out in nickel. They matched it pretty much every time, except for the times that they were in dime on those third downs, because the Jets did a ton of operating from uh from eleven personnel, because obviously that's their best skill set, right? You got Corey Davis, you got Elijah Moore, you got uh, you know Garrett Wilson, who was uh, highly effective in this game, and then Tyler Conklin, their tight end. They did run some twelve, but not a ton of snaps. They pretty much played and uh, against those twelve personnel snaps. Now, I think there were there were fifteen twelve personnel snaps in the Browns we're in nickel for three of those and the otherwise were in 12 uh base looks so uh coverage wise you know he, they are who they are they're not running a ton of, they're not running a ton of man they're 22nd in man-to-man percentage this year having run 17 of 117 snaps in man this year they're sixth in the nfl in zone usage 90 of 117 snaps are in zone and that's the indication of what you can see here. When they're in base personnel in the 12 snaps, they had nine snaps of cover three, which is your base coverage in 4-3. They had two snaps of cover one, so against a heavier personnel, they just kind of manned up, and then they had one snap of cover six. All right? Uh, Out of nickel, which is where we get our best sample size in this game, they ran three snaps of cover zero or cover one, so three times they went man-to-man. Otherwise, it was a ton of zone. They ran 10 snaps of cover two. Flacco was seven for nine for 71 yards against cover two and nickel 13 snaps of cover three. He was six of seven for 124 yards and a touchdown. So cover two and cover three got sliced up in this game. Cover four, they ran nine times early downs. The Browns love to run cover four. It was not all too effective for them. So maybe you see an uptick in some of that soon. Uh, 10 snaps of cover six where Flacco was five of 10 for 29 yards and uh, against cover six so that's what you're getting the most of Uh, I'm a little surprised by how much cover two they ran in this game and and really I can't be surprised about cover three they're they're a heavy cover three team that's the highest volume that they play but the six of seven for 124 yards against cover three is is pretty concerning on third downs and and for the game collectively it's worth kind of broaching how they did I think the Jets were eight of 8 of 15 on third down uh, for the game. Uh, Yeah, that's what they ended up being. The Browns are on the field in 9 of those in dime personnel. Uh, The Jets were 2 of 2 for 23 yards on third down against the Blitz. So the Browns brought 2 dime Blitzes, and the Jets completed both of those on third downs. 2 of 2 for 23 total yards, a catch of 10 and a catch of 23. So they were in 2-man, 2 times. That's man-to-man underneath with 2 deep safeties. And then 2 times they were in cover 1. And those were earlier downs, but they, they, again, that's out of dime. They have higher propensity, more DBs on the field. They feel more comfortable playing man to man. And then one snap of cover two, two snaps of cover three, which they defended both of those. Well, Flacco went over three against them. And then one snap of cover four, uh, which was one, uh, one of one ten 10 yards. And then there was a, the goal line bust was also out of dime where the Browns put three deep, they dropped eight. So they played three deep. It really looked like a, uh an extra defender cover six look where they were trying to take away the backside seam, but for some reason denzel carried right into it and let the rail route run for a touchdown so that one cover six snap was for 10 yards and a touchdown so they're a heavy usage of a a variety of zone coverages Uh, i mean you know there's a lot of two here there's a lot of three there's a lot of four and a lot of six so uh, there's some trends in in terms of early down quarters but for the most part they'll give you cover 3 on early downs as well. They'll they'll mix it up. They really will mix it up. And I think the place that they seem to be getting most confused are checks to either empty formations or moving pieces from side to side. That's what's giving them issues. The 66-yard Corey Davis touchdown was a an empty look and they probably have a check uh, versus empty and how they they communicate it. And listen, DB coaches across the country Spend the entire early portion of 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 you know camp and off season and OTAs or whatever they're called at whatever level, preaching hand signals communication everybody yelling it. There's so many clinic teach tapes up of how this goes, and as we saw today with Denzel Ward chiming in on Twitter, and we saw mixed communication and the messaging. Uh, Ward saying, "Oh, it was only one of those were my fault." And that wasn't on me. I had the flat. Ward being very vocal about not taking blame and and and, and Grant Delpit kind of the opposite and not passing blame is concerning because who's going to own it? If you're not going to own it and we're going to team front face this, then get on the same page. Like they can't get on the same page for anything, not just on the field, but how they broach the the situations that are being busted to the media. It is 100% fair game to be very nervous about where this is all going with this secondary because there's starting to be some cracks in the in in the in the pot here of of keeping everything all the water in the pot and everybody on the same page it's starting to feel like there's going to be some blame passed around because when Denzel Ward's getting picked on and blamed for coverages like Pro Football Focus tracked him on the game uh, I'm trying to look at specific pass coverage grades they gave Denzel uh in the game four targets four completions 106 yards and two touchdowns he chimes in on Twitter I only was targeted one time. So it's like there's a bunch of it's not my fault happening. And John Johnson's talking about their guys sending information, but they're not receiving it. So how can it be so broken on the back half that we don't know who the sender of information is on the field to the guys getting the information? It is, it's kind of mind-blowing to still be talking about this now two weeks into the season of the third year of a defensive coordinator in his system with many players who have been in multiple years of it. I don't have a pro I thought okay, week one happened, whatever, schemed a couple things up on him. It won't happen again. There's no way there is a way there is no faith. I have no faith that Jeff Howard, the DBs coach and pass game coordinator and Joe Woods can, can truly figure this out and get it ironed out. It just doesn't, doesn't seem like it will i have no evidence to the contrary that they'll play 67 plays in a game and and of those 67 plays uh five of them are coverage busts that's an unbelievably high number compared to the rest of the nfl and it's why you're losing games or you know look back at the carolina game relying on a 57 58 52 whatever number yard field goal it was to win the game so you know that's, that's what we're talking about here. Otherwise, you got to talk about player performance, uh, which to me was great. 16 pressures in this game collectively for the Browns when you look at their run defense, sorry, pass defense grades. I think that's fantastic. Actually, uh, Pro True Media kind of charts it a little differently than Pro Football Focus, so they had them at 24 total pressures in this game. And the Jets, I think Brandon Thorne is a guy I respect a ton on Twitter. He watches it all O-line, D-line, breaks it down, puts out a newsletter, which I highly recommend. Had the you know the Browns won a ton of quick pass rush reps they won they won a ton but the Jets were creative about how they got out uh, you know either routes or how they got out um, you know uh, help right how they schemed up help chip tight ends back staying in different things and this was the point that that Brandon made he said credit to the Jets for scheming in consistent help for their tackles. Having outlets for Flacco and getting rid of it quickly was pretty much all game long. It masked a lot of quick losses by the the offensive line, which I agree. I saw seven Miles Garrett pressures in this game. He had a sack. He had a quarterback hit five hurries can only do so much when the ball is out of the hands lightning quick. And this is a big problem I have with Joe Woods' continued secondary. Look, they don't get hands on anybody. And you can get hands on from zone coverage. You can reroute number two. You can get up and bump and run and turn and cover two. You can get hands on a guy and then get to your area. They don't do any touching of any receivers. The receivers are free to run wherever they want, whenever they want, with very little repercussion. There's no slowing them down. So if you're if you're winning, like, here's the formula in my mind, guys. If you're able to win quick as a pass rush, why don't we make the routes a little tougher for guys to get out on? If we did that, maybe those split seconds a quarterback doesn't have a full route development result in a sack here or there or a ball batted down more often. That, to me, should be 1 plus 1 equals 2. But here we are having a different discussion. Quick pass rush wins. Not giving our guys a chance because we're letting them either get out on routes quick or or be unfiltered in terms of how we're taking away options. Like there, There's no option taking away. A quarterback doesn't have to think he can throw against leverage. It's super simple. Even when the Browns run, man, they don't get hands-on. They mirror. And it's not all too common to mug receivers, but you get a five-yard halo. You can really get after them in the first five yards. They don't do that. They don't slow any receiver down. It's free-release city, and that is a wide receiver, tight end. That's great. I love not having to deal with contact early in my route tree. Like that is that makes it great. So um, that's a frustrating element. I would love to see change. But Taven Bryan had four uh, pass rush uh, pressures. Jadevin Clowney had four, uh, including um, three hurries and a hit. Uh, three hurries and a sack force fumble. We know with we, we know what that was. Uh, Taven Bryan also had a hit. I should have referenced along with his three hurries. Chase Winovich had three uh, total pressures. Three from Walker. Two from Taki Taki. One from Jordan Elliott. They did enough. That's 24 pressures, two sacks, four hits, 18 hurries. And again, to me, some some great efforts. Clowney with a really high pass rush grade against true pass sets, where it's third and pass or it's dis- down a distance or clock says you have to throw it. Miles had an over 70 grade. Like, they did enough. Miles had three pressures in those true pass sets. Taven Bryan, four. Clowney, four. They did enough. They had a batted-down pass by Alex Wright. The group up front got after the quarterback as best they could. That needs to be completely understood. It's with the coverage stuff that is so disappointing. Now, JOK is the highest-graded coverage defender, and and Walk is behind him at 91. So they're 91-7 and 91, and I thought both of them were fine. They gave up 6 for 10 for only 31 yards, according to Pro Football Focus, which feels about right to me. Uh, Walker had a, a pass breakup. One of the few pass breakups, only two on the day. So he had one of them. He had a two forced incompletions, which I thought he did well with. They did give J.O.K. the touchdown on that final uh, Garrett Wilson 15 yard touchdown catch. It's just J.O.K. is in a rock and a hard play. He's got no help. He's got no inside help. He's got none. None. The safety's drifting into the end zone and cover two and just this is in no man's land against a two man release. Like, there's no help. It's the easiest touchdown in the world just playing backpedal coverage in your own end zone. It's really frustrating. Martin Emerson gets the highest secondary coverage grade at 73 He was allowed 5 of 7 for 27 yards. He did get really brutally beat on that uh, fade from Wilson, which is is not tape he's going to love to watch back. So, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. Coverage-wise, uh, moving down, Greg Newsom had uh, 63-5. Grade 5 of 8 were credited to him for 30, sorry, 52 yards. John Johnson was accredited and 50 snaps from him with 0 for 3 in his general direction, and he had a pass breakup. He almost picked that ball off in the end zone to Garrett Wilson early in the game, I think second quarter of that one, before the rail route. That was actually not that early. It was close to halftime. Otherwise, the the bottom of the barrel, guys, are pretty obvious. Jacob Phillips, uh, when he found the field, 17 coverage snaps, he had 23 yards allowed, 2 of 3. I thought he continues to just not look comfortable in space. I still Still, I'm a little interested. I mean, I know what they're doing with Walker and and injury and long-term trying to fill that role, but it's dicey, man. And switching the green dot player on and off the field by how you can't have two green dots on the field. So you can't have walk and, you know, Phillips running on and off the, on the field at the same time. So they're rotating those guys come in and out. And that could be a large part of the problem. Maybe they need to just pass it back to John Johnson again. We'll see. But Uh, Ronnie Harrison uh, on the field for 10 coverage snaps of his 13. He did not get targeted except for one time. They screwed up a banjo in and out call on the uh, uh, two man situation where they just Ronnie chases outside and Garrett Wilson runs inside from number one. and replaces exchanges. Sorry with number two and it was dropped. They were lucky, but that should have been a a charge to Harrison. If he caught it, Delpit a 42, nine grade feels generous. Three of three, 54 yards. They put the two touchdowns on on uh, Denzel Ward, who gets a thirty five point eight grade, one of his worst overall grades. Look, between Grant and and Denzel, the week before it was between Newsom and Jo and and John Johnson. Like it's not isolated to one guy. Like you could get rid of one guy. It's the the miscommunications are, they're everywhere, they're everywhere, and that's it's even harder in that regard to to ice. You can't isolate it the way you want to isolate it. 27 of 41 coverage targets uh, by PFF and 324 passing yards because you include the 17-yard fake punt, which I have already gone over on yesterday's pod and how that came to fruition. Uh, Run defense stuff here. Highest-graded run defenders. Delpit, 74-0 with three tackles and a stop tackle. JOK with a 72-5. Five stop tackles six collective and again a stop tackle is a play that constitutes a failure for the offensive line so or sorry for the offense in general it's like an at the line one yard gain or a negative it's it's a failure play phillips with a 70.1 in 10 run defense snaps walker 68.9 at the bottom of this group you get uh, denzel with a 33.5 you get greg newsom 49.4 those corners just do not have any interest in tackling I would as a as an opposition, I would really, really, really try to uh, put those guys in space. Six missed tackles on the day for the Browns. One miss from Cle- Taven Bryan. One from Clowney. One from John Johnson, and one from Ward. One from Walker, and I think that's it. I think Miles also did have a missed tackle as well. It was a really nice run from Michael Carter, where he made about five people miss on one of those. But again, in the game, 93 rushing yards for the Jets. Seven for 50 from Hall, Brees Hall seven for 23 for Michael Carter. And then those two end around plays where the Browns just were lazy on Braxton Berrios on the two for 22 cheap yard stuff. So, uh, you know, run defense didn't get so much of the blame because it wasn't really challenged in this game, but I guess that's it. That's the defense, man. We've talked through where guys lined up. We talked through what happened. I, I just, they were open. There's a lot of guys open. And I think if Flacco, between a mixture of drop passes and if Flacco was accurate on about five more throws that I think are reasonable to be accurate, you're talking about a 400-yard day. So it's not just busted coverages. They were being picked apart everywhere in this game. And I'm talking, and listen, again, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, it's a good group, it's good wide receivers, but they're not a bunch of all pros. like Not yet, they could get there, but they were open all day. And it's very concerning when you add that to a mixture of the busted coverage stuff, you start to get really concerned about stopping people. I just don't feel confident in how they're approaching their two, six, three, and four and matching routes. And, and they're getting beat in tight spaces where you get a post corner or a corner post back inside of a cover three curl hook, uh, you know, hook curl area, like they're getting beat and I mean, and Flacco was just cutting him up. He was cutting him up. And if he was accurate on like five more throws, and Garrett Wilson catches that one over the middle with nobody around him on that banjo miscommunication we are talking about earlier, and that banjo's a check you make for an in-and-out call. You take the first in, I'll take the first out. Like, they did messed it up. It was, it was a 25, 30-yard gain. And so, it's concerning all around. The deep dive is worse than you wanted it to be. And I posted some Browns film uh, OBR film breakdown clips of them just getting... Absolutely lit up. So uh, we'll see what Mitch Trubisky has in store for him on Thursday. We'll see. Quick break. Word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Switch over to the offense. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today. Play and pick 'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250k in cash alone. Download the app. Choose a contest. Select your player props. Earn points for correct picks and climb your leaderboard for a shot to win big money every single day you can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks bet on up to five player props even those over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league including the nfl nba mlb pga mma and nascar sign up with this promo code which is very simply for the fans of this podcast obr use that promo code obr at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app store and get a first deposit match up to $25. So again, promo code OBR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Again, that promo code OBR,
1: nohouseadvantage.com We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: All right, can't say enough good things about how well this offense played, and it's a shame that it ended the way it did because collectively the group was great. Uh, You know, Amari Cooper, Brissett, Chubb, Harrison Bryant, Betonio, Teller, all your top grade earners, and it's very, very justified, uh, in my opinion. A really good group uh, of... uh, uh, The game plan was great, too. A lot of heavy personnel, 11 Michael Dunn snaps. They, They wore the Jets down, 123 rushing yards late. They were picking on... Some some mismatches on Amari Cooper early where they couldn't cover him. Then they were getting him into uh, some zone, predictable zone spots when the Jets tried to adjust to it, and uh, it was fun to watch. They were really cutting them up uh, across the board. So in this one, we'll go down the line, look at passing grades from Brissett. So Brissett goes 22 of 27. If it was 22 of 26, it's a win. You don't have that interception. He did miss a backside down, again, I think it's really challenging to go from 30 to 17 games over. Oh, boom, 66 yards. Oh god, dang. That's crazy. Let's just recover this on-site kick. Oh god, didn't recover the on-site kick. Let's get a stop. Oh god, they score. We got to get back out there 20. It's really hard mentally to get ready and then go back out. He scrambles for 20 yards, gives himself a chance. He just throws a he just stares down the dig uh to uh to uh to Amari Cooper and throws it and there's just a hook defender, middle read defender waiting on it. And picks it off. He had a backside dig to to uh, to Donovan Peoples Jones that he if he just waited without much pressure at all on the play he could have thrown it. But again, <laughs> his ship had sailed. The ship had sailed at that moment. But anyway, he he had a good game. He deserves a ton of praise. He did take one sack that I thought was tough uh, when the Browns were in, in relative field goal range to go up by two scores, and he took an eight yard sack. But he only had one turnover worthy play, which we just discussed. He had one big time throw. Uh, to which I agree with their rating of that as a big-time throw. Uh, He had one drop against him, but again, 17 first downs. I thought he played his his butt off. You dig in a little bit more on the data. When he was kept clean, he was 15 of 19 for 127 in a touchdown, that one interception late. Under pressure, 7 of 8 for 102. It's great. Not blitz, 20 of 22 for 211, and when he was blitzed, he was 2 of 5. For only 18, so the blitz stuff isn't great. We'll see if the Steelers go crazy like they normally do in blitz. We'll we'll keep an eye on that play action. He was eight of nine for 88 yards. Great non play action. 14. Sorry, he was eight. You know, he's eight of eight on nine dropbacks on the play action stuff. Um, non play action. 14 of 19 for a touchdown, and that final interception should have been 14 for 18. Five of five on screen game for 49 yards. Non screen. He was 17 of 22. Should have been 17 of 21 for 180 and a touchdown and that unfortunate interception. Deep throws, he was 1 for 2 for 30 yards. Uh, That's where they they, uh, attributed the interception. That was a 20-plus yard downfield throw. Uh, Medium throws, he was elite, 91-4. He had a 6 of 8 mark, 80 yards a touchdown. Short throws, he was 10 of 12, 70 yards. And then on screens, 5 of 5. He was especially effective intermediate right, 3 of 5, 49 Intermediate center, two of two for twenty, and deep left. He had a uh, an eighty four grade on a on a thirty yard throw. Uh, I think that ended up being to Harris and Bryan on a little scramble drill. But I thought Jacoby was great, and that's the best version they're going to get of him. And it's I think the thing that makes me the most mad is you didn't win that game when he played that way because you need to win those games when he plays that way. So that part of it is uh is tough. It's really tough. They they needed. They really needed to win that game when he played that well. So, you know, hats off to him. On the receiving side, 9 of 10 targets caught for Amari Cooper. He was phenomenal. A 90.5 receiving grade, and I think that's justified. 101 yards, a touchdown. He was great. Harrison Bryant, 3 of 4 for uh, 45 yards, caught that nice little scramble drill catch where he turns it up after uh, there's this little stick route, and then he kind of floats, and Jacoby makes a heck of a play to get out and, and make that catch where he got uh, you know, that football off to him. He turned that into 23, uh, 23 yards after catch from Brian on that one. That was great. Nick Chubb catches three of three for th- 26 on screen game. And Joku catches three of five. If he would have caught the other one that he dropped, he was the only guy with a drop. You're talking about you know, upwards of... 45 55 yards it could have turned that into he's a great route little little inside uh, wide juke and just dropped it just didn't catch it it was an old school david drop that we haven't seen in a while uh, kareem hunt two of two for 16 yards including some nice screen work and then felton caught one for three and then david bell catches his first nfl catch for six yards nothing really special it was a third and long short completion very early in the game if you're looking at kind of matchups, um, Cooper was best against Sauce Gardner. He was 4 for 4 for 33 yards. He got DJ Reed 2-3, 18, when he got matched up on Tony Adams. He had that 20-yard catch. CJ Mosley was accredited, and Quentin Quincy Williams, both of those guys got one target for a collective uh, 30 yards uh, of, of coverage mark there. The touchdown came against Sauce. Uh, otherwise, Njoku had a great game uh, against... Uh, So uh, the interior guys where he graded out pretty well facing off against middle of the field players, there's nothing really other target wise to really pull a sample size from. So I just kind of wanted to highlight those rushing grades. Nick was great. He had an 81.6, 56 yards after contact, three 10 plus yard runs, eight missed tackles forced. If I go look at position, which I will here in a second, I would imagine he is by far leading all runners In missed tackles forced So let's let's check that out As far as rushing reports go for halfbacks Across the NFL Missed tackle forced Nick Chubb has 19 The second highest is Aaron Jones at 13 And um, 12 from Josh Jacobs 12 from Jonathan Taylor So Nick is, Nick is creating more than anybody else He's tied with Saquon Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette For most 10 plus yard runs um so this phenomenal stuff uh, from from nick in that regard in terms of making people miss because he has been special in the in those he got 10 gap runs only four zone runs browns didn't run a ton of outside zone in this game not much at all they only ran seven zone runs period and 20 gap runs overall so you can see what the game plan was they wanted to pull guards and take advantage of outnumbering the jets in certain scenarios uh, to the to the strong and weak side of formations um, Brissett ran a couple times for 43 yards, including that long scram which I just talked about. Kareem Hunt ran 13 times for 58. His rushing grade was 62.8. A couple missed cuts from him, but he ran so hard, and he finishes the game so well. He ran for four carries of 10-plus yards. He forced two missed tackles. You know, I I thought he played really well. I thought Kareem played really well. On the offensive line, pass-blocking grades in this one, but <clears throat> excuse me, Betonio, and 33 snaps. Povich a strong game, 68.0. But the the true pass sets is where he struggled. He did give up a sack and a pressure, so that mark goes down. Wyatt Teller gets a 53.7, allowing a hit. Jedrick Wills gives up a sack, a hit, and a hurry in this one. So he graded poorly. I thought he was better than week one, but uh, some of the stuff he did give up some some, uh, pressures and hits. And this one, and then Hudson gave up three hurries, so his mark was the lowest it's been. And he gave up two hurries on nine. The Browns only had nine true pass sets, which is great. That says your offense is keeping itself out of those difficult situations, which are those third and longs or or comeback situations. But he did give up two of those pressures. I'll, I'll try to highlight some of those on social run game wise. You know, we're talking about zone snaps. And Joku played really well in zone snaps, seventy four point one on on six. Uh, of those blocking assignments. Uh, Betonio and Teller both graded out collectively the best. Teller was much better in gap than zone. Joel was better in zone than gap. Not a big deal either way. Hudson grades out above 60 at a 64.1. Jedrick Will, 61.9. So across the board, their run game stuff was pretty good. Michael Dunn comes in for 10 run snaps, one pass snap. He was fine. He was on the field. And this is noteworthy. He was on the field for eight Gap schemes. That's going to be something teams are scouting. They put Dunn on the field. They're not running, you know, they're not running wide zone stuff. They're they're typically going to be running power counter pin pull stuff. So that is certainly noteworthy and especially going to be noteworthy as Harrison Bryant and Jesse James are both on the injured list this week. And we'll see if they're able to play in a short week. And that means you might have more sixth offensive lineman snaps with Michael Dunn. So that's the number stuff, I should say what they did personnel-wise. They did 22 snaps of 11 personnel in this game. 6.5 yards per play. That's great. They had 8 snaps of their uh, Michael Dunn six zero line series and 12 personnel. So that's one back, two tight ends, one receiver, one extra O-lineman. 23 snaps, 7 yards per play. Great. 13 personnel, 8 snaps where they had a 5.8 yards per play number. And then 21 personnel getting... Either Felton, because this is how they list it there, Felton or the two backs, Nick and Kareem together. They're they're credited with eleven of those plays, a lot of which were from Felton, five point five yards per play in those snaps. And then they did run one snap of twenty-two personnel, which is Felton, Kareem, and Nick on the field together, but that one didn't go anywhere. So the Jets had twenty snaps of man-to-man, which is six fewer man-to-man snaps than the Panthers the week before. We'll see if they keep teams keep creeping that up over twenty because that's a lot. That's a lot. Browns ran 14 shifts and 37 motions. So 51 of 65 snaps had some sort of movement to help you uncover what uh what the defense was doing zoner man. So those continue to be high. It will con- it, it, the offense was The offense was good, man. Good enough to win. And that's that is the biggest heartbreaking part of all of that because there will be games where this offense in these first 11 is not good enough to win. And it's hard now to look at the defense and bank on it. But, man, this game, just a weird, similar number stuff in the in the, in the the first part. Like, Jets had 21st downs. The Browns had 29. Third down, 8 of 15 for the Jets, 8 of 12 for the Browns. Total net yards, 402 for the Jets, 405 for the Browns. 67 Jets plays, 65 Browns plays. 6.0 Jets per, per yards per play, 6.2 for Cleveland. A lot of weird symmetry in this thing, man. Four touchdowns, one field goal for each team. The singular difference is the extra point. You talk about special teams, guys who graded well. I think Kunisik would uh, uh, Kunasic will keep coming up. He had 17 total special team snaps, a 76.7 grade. He had a tackle. Grant Delpit had two special teams tackle on kick coverage. But the kick coverage wasn't good. The kick coverage allowed the, the Jets to take it past the 30 three times. That is a bad outcome. Is, is Cade being told to sometimes high kick it and land it short to make them return it? He should be kicking everything through the end zone. I would love to know the answer to what that is because are they holding him back from doing that? That, to me, is a bit mystifying if that's the case. Uh, they shouldn't be doing that. Shouldn't be doing it. DeAnthony Bell gets the worst grade of specials. Uh, he had a missed tackle. He ends up with a 33 grade. Uh, Jerome Ford missed a tackle. He ends up with a 49-3, and Tony Field gets a, Fields gets a 49-3. I don't know how they're giving bad grades or good grades. Maybe it's a guy not staying in their run, like their, their fill lane and punt uh, punt team or kickoff team or a guy missing a block on kick return. I'm sure there's some formula for these guys, but your special teams guys getting a ton of snaps. D'Anthony Bell, Tony Fields had 17 apiece. Ronnie Harrison, 13. Taki Takitaki, 24, as he's on almost every special. A.J. Green with 18. Jordan Kunasic with uh, 17. So those are your guys. Martin Emerson, 12. I mean, JOK gets 11. Thomas Graham, who they just brought up, 11. Uh, 11 from Winovich, uh, Walker had 10. Um, let me see here. Felton had 10, John Johnson, 10, Jerome Ford, 10. Like I said, those are your special teams players. So we'll keep tracking who's doing the best and worst based on this grading system uh, as as we can throughout the year. So uh, keep your eye out for that. That wraps up today's pod. The comprehensive breakdown gives you all the data uh, that you need to know how the Browns played it, how the Jets played it, how the Browns matched it and the performance metric outcome Of pretty much everybody who touched the field so you know as usual hit me up at the OBR if you have any questions on these things or hit me up uh, anywhere I'm more than willing to on Twitter also go through any of these things with you guys so let me know man chat with you anywhere about this stuff and hopefully these pods these comprehensive breakdowns where we look at the numbers and stuff and give you some thoughts on the all 22 serves a purpose for you understanding the game now short week weird week we have a Steelers preview tomorrow to come out Wednesday So we'll have a great guest on for that. We'll have a Thursday game day show that we do with Brad Ward. And then Friday, it's going to kind of like bump some things back. So we're going to do like a Friday immediate reaction show, Saturday comprehensive breakdown, Sunday, maybe a day off. We'll see. Maybe have a random guest for Sunday because the Browns aren't playing. Uh, We'll do a a playback for Sunday football. We'll find something to watch there on playback. And then we will uh, roll into all of our next week's shows as the Browns get an extended week break here, uh, you know, going from a Thursday to Sunday game. So we'll fill that with some content based on where they're at because this is such a vital game coming up. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Thanks for tuning in early this week. Appreciate you uh, and all your support. It means everything uh, to me, especially as it's a weird time for our family. We've got some tough stuff coming up, which I'll explain to you guys in the coming uh, coming days if you're interested. But but anyway, um, appreciate all the support. It means everything. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great Tuesday. Go Browns.
1: This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines.